Hello there and good morning. Welcome to Sunday School at Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, we're going to get started with our program. Uh, we have first, as we allow people to jump on with us and get with us uh, as they get a cup of coffee and sit down with us uh, with their Bibles, uh, let's uh, play a musical selection. Thank you again, praise team. Uh, it is Well With My Soul. It is from the 1026 music group arranged by David Wise. So I'll go ahead and put this on now and we'll allow others to get on with us. And thanks again, Arlen. Appreciate it. Good morning, Jackie. Morning, Laura. Hi. Tasha Lynn, good morning. Well, my soul, 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 my
Hey, Charles and Joanna, good morning. Hey, Victor, good morning. That might be the most beautiful rendition of It Is Well With My Soul I've ever heard in my life. Uh, the 1026 Music Group. I believe they're out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, they did a, uh, an arrangement uh, from David Wise, It Is Well With My Soul. Um, Looked it up on YouTube. It's got about a million four hundred and twenty thousand views uh, for good reason. And so uh, by all means, take a look at that on your own time if you have it, uh, if you remember that. We have... Uh, a few things to cover. Uh, first of all, thank you for being here this morning. I don't ever take for granted the fact that, you know, we do this every week, and we've been doing this now for almost a year, where we've been getting together online with our Sunday school version of church, and uh, it looks like we'll be doing this for quite a while, uh, just because of the nature of making sure that we are when we do go back to church, we go to church and we leave. Uh, we don't over-congregate or anything like that. But we need that fellowship time nonetheless. So we'll see how that works. Uh, that's the plan. We'll be back in church on March the 7th, uh, which is in a couple of weeks. With that being said, uh, thanks again for being here. We will um, cover some business here. First of all, please stay online after church. And the beauty of uh, how we do things here is that when we're online, is that you can look at the material um, after Sunday school and uh, take a break in between and come back to it if you need to. Uh, in this particular case, uh, the message uh, that will be on the, in the timeline uh, will be a message I put together. Uh, and um, don't let the title throw you. There's some humor involved here, but it's actually a quite serious topic. Um, when a wise donkey speaks, you'd better listen. Uh, that's the that's the title. Uh, if I were to give a subtitle to this message, it would be "What is necessary to be wise?" Because that is what this is all about. So please keep in mind that there, although there is some humor in that, it's quite a serious uh, topic. So please uh, note that that it'll be available on the timeline uh, after Sunday school. You'll you can check that out. Uh, but we appreciate your being here with us as well too. Yeah, if you watch it, leave a like. I appreciate that. That's true, too. Just uh, say that you watched it and liked it, and um, we appreciate you uh, uh, looking at all of our material that's presented on our Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. We provide links to everything uh, at akronalliance.org when it's all uploaded and everything. And hi, Beverly. Good morning. Real quick, tithes and offerings. Um, please remember tithes and offerings. 
we, of course, will have available at the church between 11.30 and 12.30 today the drop box for dropping off your tithes and offerings. It's a beautiful day outside around here. Uh, sunshine looks pretty good to me. Uh, I think that uh, it'll be a good opportunity for you to get out and get some air if you want to. Uh, but 11.30 to 12.30 is where you can drop off your tithes and offerings. If you cannot drop them off, please mail those tithes and offerings to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Uh, we pray for travel mercies. We'll be praying for travel mercies for Pastor Gus. He had to go to uh, Delaware, and he should be on his way back, I believe, now, if he's not already back. But uh, we, we pray for him. And uh, as we get ready to go into prayer, I do have a special prayer request um, from Beverly. Uh, She received a call from a woman uh, named Vivian who was praying about uh, her son, who she had not seen for quite some time, uh, about nine years or so, and that he was in trouble. And we don't really know the details beyond that. It was a random phone call, but the woman, Vivian, had asked for the church to pray. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, we um, will be doing that right now as we get ready to go into prayer and get ready to get into today's lesson. Um, so one thing to, that's really important, and you'll see in today's lesson as well today, too, about uh, making sure that you're thinking of other people. I, I think that that's what's really, really important. might be the biggest takeaway of everything that's happening here. Uh, it certainly is a, an important lesson as we look at what's going on with the uh, issue where the pandemic is winding down uh, in theory, uh, but we're looking after others, looking after our neighbors, looking after our friends, and also looking after uh, those people who have not been able to join us online or have fellowship with us in whatever way, shape, or form that is. So let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you now that we're able to quiet our souls and spirits. And, Lord, we pray now that you just be with us as you allow the Spirit to do all the speaking and speak to us. We do lift up to you Vivian uh, and her son Damon. We do not know all the details, but, Lord, you do, and you know what's happening in that situation. But, uh, Lord, we know that the prayers of the righteous avail much. And we thank you for... uh, remembering these individuals and looking to them and making sure that everything is indeed fine uh, without any issues or uh, situations that could be uh, a worse situation to deal with in the future. Thank you for giving us the mindset to pray when we're asked to. And thank you for remembering, helping us to remember those individuals in our fellowship as well too. And even within, uh, right around outside of our fellowship who truly do need prayer, truly do need uh, support. They truly need to hear you speak to them. And we thank you for that grace that you give to us because we certainly aren't perfect. And we certainly need prayer ourselves. But Lord, we just thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for looking after all of us, individually and collectively as a church, as a body, as a group right here online together. We just give you thanks, Lord. We ask all these things as we prepare to hear you speak to us through your lesson. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All righty. So we covered that business, and uh, thank you for uh, looking after Pastor Gus as well, too, as as I'm going to trust that he is 
on the way back or back uh, from his travel. With that in mind, everyone, please uh, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to 1 Timothy chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 1 through 16. 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 16. Uh, this passage is continuing in the information Paul is giving to uh, Timothy about uh, instructions, uh, the instructions for elders and how to behave. And, and I would think these are instructions for everybody, really. But we're now going to be giving advice about what to do about the widows, what to do about the elders in the church, what to do about the slaves um, that are peripheral according to what was written at the time uh, in First Timothy. This is all about knowing how to treat people and treat people the right way. Amen. Uh, this is this is really what this is about more than anything else. Um, we, we have to take it in the context of where it was written and how it was written and the different times that are being you know presented. But it still comes down to treating people the right way. We, we have a world now that um, struggles with treating people properly. Uh, how's that? Uh, let's put it mildly, right? We, uh, the church should never have a struggle with this. But we still know that flesh gets involved, and we still know that those things are uh, certainly going to take place. But that doesn't matter. We need to uh, die to self, live for Christ, uh, ask the Lord for forgiveness for being insensitive, uh, ask the Lord to uh, just forgive us for not being more mindful of other people around us. Um, and that, that's what we're really looking at here. Um, so let's go ahead and look at the passage. Um, and it is going to be, uh, like I said, the first verses 1 through 16 in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5. This is the New Living Translation. So I will read the entire passage. And we'll come back over it as we always do and look at the material and see what it says. Starting with verse number one. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother. And treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. We'll come back to that. That's really important. Uh, verse 3. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. Verse 5. Now a true widow, a woman who is truly alone in this world, has placed her hope in God. She prays night and day, asking God for help. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead even while she lives. Give these instructions to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. Verse 8. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Verse 9. A widow who is put on the list for support must be a woman who is at least 60 years old and was faithful to her husband. She must be well respected by everyone because of the good she has done. She, has she brought up her children well? Has she been kind to strangers and served other believers humbly? 
Has she helped those who are in trouble? Has she always been ready to do good? Verse 11. The younger widows should not be on the list because their physical desires will overpower their devotion to Christ and they will want to remarry. Then they would be guilty of breaking their previous pledge. And if they are on the list, they will learn to be lazy and will spend their time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's business and talking about things they shouldn't. So I advise these younger widows to marry again, have children, and take care of their own homes. Then the enemy will not be able to say anything against them, for I am afraid that some of them have already gone astray and now follow Satan. Verse 16. If a woman who is a believer has relatives who are widows, she must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church. Then the church can care for the widows who are truly alone. Okay, so that's 1 Timothy chapter 5, and we went through verses 1 through 16. Now we'll go back over it and take a look at it. And it looks like we've got some connectivity issues online, so we'll kind of work with it and see how things go. So hang in there, everybody. Um, If for whatever reason you miss something, it'll be available online later uh, when you go back and do the replay. Um, First of all, let's start with verse 1 and verse 2. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Now, this is the very essence of being in the body of Christ and being in ministry. You're treating everyone like their family. That's exactly what this is saying. You're treating them as if you're very close to them, even if you're not that close to them, but you treat them and talk to them in a way that's respectful and kind as you would your own family members. Now, if you've got a dysfunctional family, that may be a totally different uh, conversation, but uh, the, the essence of this conversation here is that you treat people, basically you treat, treat people the way you want to be treated. Amen? I, I think that's what it comes down to. We want to make sure that... Um, you know, when Paul was writing this to Timothy at the time, you have to understand that women were treated as uh, second-class citizens. Uh, that was just the nature of the time. That was what was going on. And it, it is, in essence, why we're having this discussion uh, later on about why we have to care for widows. Well, it will explain why, because it's very important to see this and know that you just need to treat people the right way. If you're treating a woman, if a man's treating a woman as fellow members in God's family, that's going to protect the the members. That's going to protect the body. It's going to help everyone grow spiritually. Uh, We don't treat people differently just because we don't know them. We're always polite. We're always respectful. We're always kind. We, We need to set that tone in our rhetoric and discussion every day. We know that that just doesn't happen. Um, for the most part, there are people who always want to get their get a one up on somebody, get the last word in on somebody just to try to show themselves to be more important. Uh, well, that's not godly and that's not the way that you should be handling any situation. So um, if, if you've been guilty of that, you need to repent. Um, I think that's the best way to look at it. And we need to apologize and treat people the right way. If you are living for Christ, then all of this should be an easy thing for you to take part in and to do. 
Okay. So treating people as they you want to be treated, being respectful of everyone, no matter if it's a, a woman, a mother, um, a father, an elderly father, be respectful to elderly people. Um, that's right, uh, Arlen. Good comment. Show honor to each other. Honor everybody. Everyone has was created by God just like you. So you're all the same in Christ. Um, there's no differences. It doesn't matter about uh, backgrounds. It doesn't matter about their level of uh, sophistication. It doesn't matter about where they come from. People from all different backgrounds deserve to be, tre- deserve to be treated in the right way. That's whether they've done stuff or not. I mean, just treat people the right way. It doesn't matter. If you want to have an inroad to talk to people uh, about the love of Christ, and you need to show the love of Christ in your own behaviors. Uh, otherwise, it's kind of hard for you. If you don't love someone, then what are you going to talk about Christ about? No, no need to have the conversation. Let's continue. Verse 3, 1 Timothy chapter 5. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. Now, the whole theme of this particular chapter, just in case you didn't pick up on it as we were reading it, was that Paul wanted Christian families to be as self-supporting as possible. And maybe that isn't mentioned here because it doesn't come as clearly, but it is. He he wants people to be self-sufficient. So that means if you've got something where you can take care of people in your own midst, do that job. Um, It's not anyone else's job to take care of your family. It's your job to take care of your own family. Uh, doesn't mean that things don't happen. We'll talk about that a little bit later as we go on. But Paul is making sure that the emphasis is on caring for yourself first. Doesn't mean that you don't do things for other people as a result of that. And we'll look at that uh, as we look at a passage in Acts in just a couple of minutes here. He insisted that the children and grandchildren take care of the widows in their families. Wow, take care of the widows. The children and grandchildren take care of the ones who are older, who are now uh, on their own. Take care of them in the same way that, um, no, and no comparisons are necessary. Everybody knows what I'm referring to. You know, our my my mother-in-law lives above us, and we take care of her, essentially. And my mother, who's in assisted living, uh, I'm taking care of her uh, through uh, making sure she gets the best possible care. It, it's going to happen. It, those things happen. It's really tragic when people who are children of, um, you know, who have parents who are living, who are struggling, and they're going through health problems or issues like that, the burden falls on one person sometimes to take care of those elderly people. Uh, you may have four or five brothers or sisters, and but only one child in that family, for whatever reason, um, stays put and takes on those burdens. And that's a shame. That should never, ever happen in a family. Um, I'm not going to veer off here, but I think everyone knows where I'm getting at. If you see your mother or father are struggling or they're having a hard time, it should be all five children, using that as an example, pitching in and doing something to help, not one person. Uh, That's what I mean by really thinking about other people and thinking about the circumstances and not just evaporating and disappearing when something uh, bad is happening in the family. Uh, we've got to do a better job in the body of Christ. Now, I'm not even talking about, I'm talking about people who profess to be believers. 
better in the body of Christ to take care of business. Now, uh, I had uh, some good conversations with my brother when my mother was getting sick, and and we we allowed him because he lives out of town to to come in and look and see things, and even be involved in the in the process of choosing the facility, um, because that was something that was going to make him feel better about what was happening, even though he wasn't here. And it, and and in in all fairness, uh, we've worked those things out. So. Um, and he is letting me do what needs to be done because uh, that's what's necessary. And he'll ask and he'll find out what's happening and all that. And that works out just quite fine as far as I'm concerned. But there are other issues where there may be more profound issues in families where other people need to be involved in that process as well too. So let's keep that in mind and be prayerful. If you know someone in that situation right now and there are people who uh, may need prayer, uh, by all means, pray about it because that's really, really important. Okay, so we want to take care of those, take care of the grandchildren, the grandchildren taking care of the parents and widows in the family, children and grandchildren. Uh, younger widows should remarry and start new families, which is further down in the passage, First Timothy 5.14, and there's a reason for that too. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. He wanted the church to not support lazy members who refuse to work now that's in second thessalonians that's something i won't turn to that passage but there was a problem in the thessalonian church about uh people not they're they're looking so forward to christ's return that they just stopped working stopped doing anything they just they just stopped functioning that's exactly right they that's not what christ would have you to do either you're supposed to be out in ministry you're supposed to be out living for christ and doing things necessary in the neighborhoods and talking to relatives and all those things you just don't get lazy about it and you also, uh, when necessary, believers had to pool their resources. Now take a look at uh, second, uh, pardon me, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 44 through 47. Now you'll recognize this right away because this is essentially the element of the first church uh, that formed uh, in serving the Lord Jesus Christ after um, Peter had spoken to the congregation, the number of people who were there. And so, down in verse 44 of Acts chapter 2, I'm just marking my place here, uh, and all who believed were together and, all, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. These people were empowered by the Holy Spirit to live in such a way where they recognized that if there was somebody else in need, they gave to that person so that they would no longer be hurting. Now, this passage has been used in many ways uh, that's kind of outside the context. Remember, we just got through saying that um, Paul wanted Christian families to be self-supporting. But there are going to be times when these other families need help. And so believers need to be generous in their giving and helping and supporting individuals who they know are not doing well. Um, that's what this is all about. We need to understand that there's still an element of taking care of yourself, but now you're being generous in how you're sharing with other people. They're selling their possessions and belongings that they didn't need and gave that money or gave what was needed to other individuals that's what we need to take away from here there are things that 
if you need to take care of yourself, you take care of yourself. Amen? You, you don't forget to take care of yourself in lieu of taking care of others because that's the principle here that we're looking at. But we want to make sure that we're also conscious of others who are in need. And if you have something that you don't need, give it to them. Give it to them. Give them what they need to make sure that they are made whole. And do so in such a way where they're just grateful. They're grateful to be in the fellowship. Uh, they're not feeling uncomfortable about it. You're making them feel comfortable. Uh, all of these things come into play here. A lot of psychology here. You know, making sure you don't want people to feel uh, down in the dust because you're just giving stuff to them. They shouldn't have to feel that way at all. You should, they should feel grateful that you know them and remember them and are taking care of them uh, because they need help. Uh, and pay it forward exactly pay it forward that's a great phrase that's been used lately um it, it has meaning it has a benefit pay it forward if god has blessed you then you bless others um can't stress that enough that's really what it comes down to um and i i appreciate everybody understanding where i'm coming from with that because um not all of us are rich <laughs> okay um none of us <laughs> <laughs> None of us are rich. We're rich in Christ, but uh, we may not be rich in the bank. Uh, but that doesn't mean you still can't help other people. Um, if you're praying to God, he is going to provide for you, and he'll provide for other people. And he will see to it that people will uh, be taken care of. So we're remembering about taking care of churches in general, making sure that you're even giving to charity, giving to um, the various churches that are in need of help. Not all churches are doing well financially, for example. Um, you're taking care of the members in the body. You're taking care of a large number of widows, if in the case of, uh, in, in the case of Timothy, and also in Acts chapter 6, there's a large number of widows. And we'll talk about the widows thing a little bit more, too, because we have to understand, again, the context of what's happening here at this time where women just weren't able to take care of themselves. They just were not able to do so if the husband was not around. And so that is the importance of seeing why we have this type of structure that Paul is presenting. There's a structure that he's giving. He is giving a structure. He is giving guidelines on how to take care of people and making sure that you are reflecting godliness, taking care of business. Amen? So people need to be independent. People need to work as hard as they can. Because every wage earned is a good wage and is something that you need to take care of your family and even store and save up for the future because that's something that you should also be doing. But you also need to have uh, a place of generosity in your, in your heart that uh, the Holy Spirit motivates you to take care of other people. So we need to see that that's the mentality, the very mentality that Paul is making sure that he is mentioning here and giving instruction to Timothy about. When church members are responsible and generous, then everyone's needs are going to be met. No one's going to be left out. Uh, no one should ever go hungry in the body of Christ. No one should ever have to struggle with that. And these are things that we have to be conscious of as we think about other people in our particular sphere of influence and even just outside of that. Thinking about other individuals, thinking about different ways to support others. Um, thinking about different charities that you give money to. Of course, giving money to the church is important, but it's not 
just the church, but it's other areas that uh, the Lord will give you to give money to or support because you believe that they're doing godly work. That's very, very important to remember. Make a list of those charities uh, that uh, you have a, a great deal of affection for, that you know people are doing good work, that money is being used wisely, it's being done appropriately. You should always be vetting and checking out those places where you give your money. I think that's very important. That's being fiscally responsible. Those are things that we all should be doing. We should all be looking at those very things. I have a list of charities that I give to, and I keep the list very close because uh, I can't give to everybody. Uh, I can give to uh, the church, and I can give to different charities, but I keep that list very close. And you should vet every charity that you give money to. Um, and also be conscious of, of thinking of others, not just for giving money, but just to be helpful. Um, saying kind words, doing kind things, uh, doing what the, the Holy Spirit moves you and motivates you to do. Uh, that's where you should be. That's where you should be as a believer. None of us should be in a cocoon somewhere and not reaching out. That that has to not happen, especially when times are tough like they have been for the past year. You've got to reach out. You've got to get out and reach out. Now, I'm not going to tell you how to get out. Um, but honestly, if you're doing everything right, if you're moving in safe places and safe circles, you can get out. Uh, you need to, to need to move. You've got to get going here. You can't stay in your house all the time. Um, that's not healthy for you, and it's not healthy for people in your household. You've got to move around a little bit. There are plenty of things that we can be doing, even in the midst of a time like this, where there are things, things have been opening up a little bit, and, and so move about. Um, just stay protected, stay safe. But you've got to show the love of Christ. You can't show the love of Christ if you're sitting in your house all the time. Unless you're just always on the phone. I'm not sure how practical that is. If you're a shut-in, do what you can. If you're a shut-in, right. If you're a shut-in, do what you can. You can't, this is not a message uh, for shut-ins. But but even if you're shut-in, you can talk on the phone. You can pray. There are a lot of things that you can do to show that you are truly looking at and looking after other people and their concerns. Okay, let's move on. The top part of this passage has a lot of material here that, that we need to look at with a lot of detail. Um, well, let's read verse 3 again. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her, but if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. If you're doing work that is helpful and caring for people, you're going to please God. That's exactly what he wants to see in us, to think about all of those things. All right, now let's look at verse 5. Now, a true widow, a woman who is truly alone in this world, has placed her hope in God. She prays night and day, asking God for his help. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead even while she lives. Give these instructions to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. Paul is drawing a line here. He is... Uh, stating, uh, speaking specifically about the widow, the woman, and there are godly widows and there are ungodly widows. He's making a distinction here, and he's giving that distinction because it's important for us to see who should be supported. Because you don't support someone who just wants to live a life of ungodliness. That's what Paul is saying here. You'll support those who truly are trying to do the right thing and live the right way. 
And I think that that's an important distinction. We don't reward bad behavior. Um, that's about the best way I can say it. Uh, we don't reward bad behavior. Do we disregard those individuals completely? No, we don't. If, if they have fallen and they repent of their sin and they come back to you and talk to you, then you go ahead and you take care of those people and, and help them along. And no conditions, everybody. If somebody uh, messes up and they come back to you and they mess up again, they come back to you, you forgive them, what, 70 times seven, seven, 70 times seven, uh, 700 times seven as far as I'm concerned. You still forgive them. But God knows where their heart is, and if they're not being sincere then they're going to go face their own ruin, frankly, if they're not doing what's right. This is men or women, amen? I mean, we, we, I'm not picking on the widows here or people who are women. This is everybody. Uh, you, you still have the same mentality when it comes to these things. But we're, Paul is giving specific instruction here about the widows and making sure that they indeed are looking at the ones who truly are placing their hope in God truly alone they need they're asking for prayers they're asking for god's help and the reason why they're doing that is because there were no pensions back then there's no social security there's no life insurance there were a few honorable jobs for women and widows were usually unable to support themselves that's why all of this is being said so can you imagine there's no support there's nothing coming in the man who died is the one who was taking care of that woman. That was his responsibility. But now that he's gone, who's going to take care of that woman? Well, the church is going to take care of that woman. Uh, relatives may take care of that woman. But we need to make sure that it falls first on the family to take care of that widow. And the people who are most closely, closely linked with them. Um, if there is a circle of friends that that widow has, and those family members or people will take care of that widow. If there's no one else, then the church will take care of that widow. That's what it comes down to. So Paul is still stressing that relatives need to step up and take care of the widows of the church. The church can care for the widows who don't have any families. That's the whole point. If a widow has a family, the family should take care of the widow. If the, family, the widow has no family, that's where the church steps in. That's where the benevolence of the church takes place. So look at what it says in verse 8. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Some people are worse than unbelievers. Now remember what I said earlier about how family members need to step up and take care of other family members. The, the elderly, the people who are in the families, those who are unable to care for themselves. Worse than an unbeliever? I, you can't get worse than that. I mean, that's what Paul is saying. He's just conveying what God is giving to him to write uh, to Timothy. That it's worse than an unbeliever if you just deny taking care of those people who were involved in raising you, frankly. And now I understand that there can be all kinds of psychological issues involved here because parents may have not been very good about taking care of their children. And parents uh, may have been abusive. They may have done things that were hateful. They may have uh, broken up the family for different reasons because uh, perhaps there was a divorce in the family. They didn't take care of uh, uh, the husband, didn't take care of the wife, and the kids are watching all this. Well, this isn't a psychotherapy session. I can't do anything about that because 
ultimately those things are real they happen we're in the flesh uh, we live in a fleshly world we have fleshly behaviors but guess what everybody it doesn't matter as much as you would want to hold a grudge on a family member or a person who didn't do you right that doesn't make it right for you to treat them the same way and I know that might be a real hard pill for some people to swallow um, honestly it doesn't matter Christ wants you to step up and do what's necessary to help and and even if you don't like what you're doing you need to be praying to God every moment of the day for healing from those situations and still step up and take care of business um, you don't have to yeah you, you don't have to feel like um, I'm happy doing it you know now I, I, a little word of caution there too though the attitude should be that of Christ it's not about your flesh so even if you don't feel happy about doing something you need to understand that Christ would have you to do it anyway and you need to have his mindset behind it um, Christ knew everybody he was speaking to he knew the hearts of every person but he yet he gave good advice to everyone it's up to the individual to appreciate it and, and receive it and understand it but even if they don't, you still do what's right. You still do what is necessary to take care of those people. Now, I welcome comments or questions about anybody that anybody has about uh, something like this. When you when you're when you're involved with studies of, in chaplaincy like I am, you're going to talk to all different kinds of people in all different places, and with all different kinds of hurts and agonies and situations that they are carrying with them for life, which is not a good thing it hurts you to carry stuff like that but we need to make sure that it's understood here that if there is a family around that widow the family should take care of the widow if the widow is alone and there's no family left and that's possible then the church steps up to take care of that widow that's what Paul is saying here um, that widow, if they don't have if if they don't have any children, other family members to support them, they're doomed to poverty. They're going to be wallowing in, in misery and poverty. Um, so, take care of those widows. Take care of those people that you know, um, because they in fact are servants of the living God, just like you, and they deserve dignity. It's not their fault they're in that situation. Uh, they deserve dignity. They deserve the people people taking care of them around them and supporting them. And the church stepping up and taking care of them. Um, just a reminder to circle back. And not beat it to death, but just a reminder. Think about all the people that you know in your life and where they are right now. And what kind of support or help do they need. And some things are going to be very obvious. And you just do it. Some things you may ask the question, do you need something? Are you okay? Is everything all right? And it may take more than one conversation. But you're just going to have to let the Spirit speak to you. Allow the Spirit to speak to you as you're speaking to other people. And you'll know what to do. The Spirit will tell you, even though the person will say, you know, out of maybe pride or whatever it is, I don't need anything. Spirit may give you what you need to know without the words being spoken. Have you ever thought of that? I mean, that's exactly what you need to do. You start to really just redirect your thinking. Think outside of yourself. Think about other people around you. Take care of those people first. And then you expand your circle of thinking about other people. And there are some of us who have the wherewithal to help, you know, just a little bit here or there. We're not, we're not talking about, 
huge uh, gifts or money or not even gifts, but just doing things like food or whatever it is. But just do what's right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Let the Spirit speak to you as to what those things are as you're working with other people in your own circle. And understanding that these people who are being faithful to the Lord, they need to see God's love in the benevolence of others sometimes to take care of them. They need to see evidence of God's presence. You are the evidence of God's presence in their lives. You are that person. Uh, understand that. You're the one. You have to be the one to pray, be prayerful, and look after those individuals. Let's get deeper into this here. Verse 9. I, that, it stuck six me at verse 8 about worse than unbelievers. Guys, that is something I would not want that burden. I mean, that's you got to really pay attention to this here. If you take care of these people. Look after them. Don't deny their, your faith. And just disregard people who are in need of help. Verse 9, a widow who is put on the list for support must be a woman who is at least, at least 60 years old and was faithful to her husband. She must be well respected by everyone because of the good she has done. Has she brought up her children well? Has she been kind to strangers and served other believers humbly? Has she helped those who are in trouble? Has she always been ready to do good? Now, those are things that we need to look at here. Um, making sure that we're taking care of these people who are truly following the Lord, um, making sure that we're just thinking about them at all times, giving words of encouragement to people who are truly being faithful. You need to encourage them as they encourage others as well, too. It shouldn't all be one-sided. The woman who is, for example, or the person, let's just say the person, who is always saying things that are encouraging for other people, and they you can tell they're not doing great i mean they're they're getting by but you need to be doing those things also to encourage them as well too and sometimes that encouragement may mean uh something like uh, getting them a little gift or something like that where they can have something extra to eat or just something you know way for you to take care of them and look after them uh it's the little things that make a difference don't wait for people to ask the church needs to be more of a caring community. That's exactly what was happening here in Acts chapter 2. People just stepped up and did what they needed to do. Um, if people have to always ask you, you're just putting them in a, a very bad position all the time where it's like they're begging. And people, all, you know, sometimes you'll hear them say that in their rhetoric. I didn't want to have to beg for anybody for help. Well, God forbid, you should never have to beg somebody. It should be a matter of just helping them and it being your job to see that they need the help rather than having someone be put in a position where they have to beg for help or always ask for help. Um, now, granted, you'll start asking some questions. What about the family? What's the family doing? How are they involved? And it may be a phone call that you make to a family member and say, hey, I've been talking to so-and-so and they're kind of saying they don't have anything and, you know, have you guys, were you guys aware of this or what's going on? They're talking to me. And, and so you have to understand that that's something that does happen in families where you help other family members realize what's going on, too. Tread I lightly. Tread lightly. Yes, you're not going to be accusatory in that conversation. But just let them know that they, that person has spoken to me and has told me about what's happening. And I didn't know if you were aware of it or not. So I'm just passing it on to you. Um, I think that's 
I think that's about being cooperative in the body of Christ. That's something we need to be doing. Um, it's not to offend anybody or put somebody uh, behind the eight ball. Um, so we need to understand something. Now, in, I just thought of this in a very indirect way, though. If you're making somebody aware of something that's happening they should be aware of, that is on them. They're supposed to be looking after their relatives. Um, so that's something that I think is very appropriate. We need to see that and need to understand that. Um, but, of course, in all conversations you have with people, pray uh, for the Spirit to speak as you speak to them. Um, you're not getting in anybody's face about anything. What you doing? And you're not going to be doing stuff like that. You're not going to have that kind of an attitude. You're going to talk to people the way they should be treated, treat people with respect, be, be kind to them, give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, my, my lovely bride uh, gives me words that sometimes help me. Uh, she she is the glass half full, gives the benefit of the doubt person that always sees good in everything. Um, I'm staring at it, and all I see is bad, 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 and she'll give me something. <laughs> she'll give me something. I'm saying bad, 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 and she gives me something that tells me, well, maybe you need to consider this. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. So I know I appreciate that about her because that's that's a good balance for me. Because um, as I look at this lesson, I certainly see the importance of not being harsh and treating people the right way and all that. Um, but but it's helpful to have a, a partner or somebody in your life or a person who uh, really can give you some more insight even into what you're thinking. Um, healthy homes, healthy homes. This is what. We're talking about caring for households. Best possible training environment for children. Um, and it's important for the kids in the family to see how mom and dad treat their parents. It's very important for us to see those positive things because that's what can be passed on from generation to generation. Now, I got, just got through talking about how families can be dysfunctional, and we're not seeing that happen. Well, Satan is very busy and breaks up families because of dumb stuff like that, because that's what happens where people are not acting right or not doing what they should be doing. And the kids see it. And so when it comes right down to it, that impacts how they see this whole situation about being helpful. Well, that's where prayer comes in. When people are being disrespected, when people are not caring for others, when people are, are loud talking and bad talking people, not a good thing in a household, never will be a good thing in a household. Um, we need to be careful about that, and we need to warn others about it, that God has to be infused into the discussion uh, of these types of situations, and God needs to be the total focus of prayer, of healing in families that are dysfunctional like this. Healing. There has to be healing that takes place. There has to be uh, healing from self-centeredness there has to be a healing from uh, just disregard a healing that must take place from people who uh, feel that it's not worth their time or effort to do something like this uh, healing uh, when from those who uh, get angry engage in behaviors that are unhealthy um, doing things and saying things to people that are inappropriate um, a total washing of the water, a total washing of God's word throughout that family 
a total washing of those individuals involved to know what's most important. And it's caring for your parents, caring for your ailing relatives, caring for people who need care. Okay. So we looked at how Paul is emphasizing caring for those widows who truly are focused on who the Lord is. 60 years old was the, the line that was given as far as the age group involved. But he also, in verse 11, talks about the younger widows. And we'll talk about why I think he gives good advice about the younger widows. Verse 11, the younger widows, back in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 11, the younger widows should not be on this list because their physical desires will overpower their devotion to Christ and they will want to remarry. Now, why are we talking about these older and younger widows? Well, life expectancy was a big issue back then. There are sometimes people who didn't live very long uh, that, as, as men. And we're talking 30s and 40s. We're not talking about old uh, people in old, of old, old age. So uh, it's very, it would, may have been very typical for men between their 40s and 60s to die at a young age. But that leaves the women uh, in a lurch. And so we, we have this thing where we're talking about older women and younger women. Younger women, they may want to remarry. But it, it was perfectly uh, legal for them to remarry if they needed to. Their husband was no longer there because he died. And so they're in a different situation where they're younger, they've got children. Um, if they want to go out and find another husband, perfectly fine. That's what he was advocating because... First of all, the, we need to understand that they're going to want to remarry. They're going to want to do what's necessary. And if they're being taken care of by the church or relatives, that's when that something else may set in. That's laziness and not wanting to necessarily do anything uh, that's going to be helpful. They need to still be active and productive within the body. Um, and those are so that's why there has to be a stipulation that. Paul is making here about how these widows should be taken care of. Um, every situation is going to be different. You know, there are people who are going to be in different circumstances, and I'm sure there are exceptions that have to be made, but ultimately there have to be guidelines, and that's what Paul was telling Timothy. Um, and make sure that we're still talking about good behaviors here too, right? Uh, widows who are younger, who are spending more time out there, he is saying are getting involved with gossip, moving about, uh, doing things that are not productive uh, in the in the body of Christ. That's what we're looking at here. So he's advising the younger widows to marry again, have children, take care of their own homes. Then the enemy will not be able to say anything against them. That's in verse 14. For I'm afraid that some of them have already gone astray and now follow Satan. So there's a reason why he's saying it. He's saying it because some of the widows that were involved were actually not doing what they should be doing. So he's actually going with a track record of information. So that's what's really important here. Um, okay. So let's take a look at verse... I'm not sure I covered everything here I wanted to cover. Okay. Um, verse 16. If a woman who is a believer has relatives who are widows, she must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church, and the church can care for the widows who are truly alone. That kind of summarizes everything we just said. And we don't want any stumbling in the body. We want to always pray and advocate for those people who are alone and have time on their hands and who are idle. Uh, we don't want Satan to infiltrate. We don't want Satan to get them to start doing things that are 
not following Jesus Christ. So keep those things in mind. Um, we don't need to get into what the conduct was. It doesn't matter. It, if you're not following Christ, then you're going to get yourself in trouble. Amen? And, and you're right. That goes for men also. It's the same thing. Um, remember, this is, this is a, a lesson for everybody. It's not just for women. It's not just for a group of people. It's about treating people the right way, and it's about everyone paying attention to what's being said here. Uh, Paul is giving Timothy very specific instruction about widows because that was an issue back at that time with the church. Um, it was an issue. It's something that had to be paid attention to. But we understand the lesson behind treating people the right way, saying the right things, being prayerful of members of the body. We need to understand that people are hurting. Are you paying attention to that? There may be people that you know who are hurting. And are you aware of that? And you need to pray that God shows you exactly what you need to do in those situations. If you are aware of someone who is truly hurting and truly in need of assistance and seeing after those people. One of the most important things we've been saying all along is looking after other members of the church who are not in our fellowship. That means that they're not fellowshipping together with us. They're not getting together with us. They can't. So are we looking after those very people? Are we saying what needs to be said to encourage those other people? When we do get back together, this is how we need to think about other people outside of ourselves and be prayerful, first for your families, for the body of Christ, for our church, and making sure that we are taking care of those people we have direct impact and influence with. Don't forget others. If there is a call for prayer, pray. If there's a reason for prayer, pray. You do those things necessary. Amen? That's, what's, that's what you have to do. And truly be thankful for what you do have right now and where you are today. Um, there are many people who have not lived through this situation, whether it be the flu or coronavirus or whatever it is. They, they have passed on and have left here. So it starts with you being thankful for where you are right now. And if you're thankful for where you are, you're going to be able to now go outside of yourself and be able to see others and look at where they are right now. Let's be like Paul and Timothy. Let's be those ones who, you may not be leaders, but you're taking a leadership role in the body of Christ when it comes to faith and prayer and seeking after others. And that's exactly what we're to do. Amen? Let's close out in prayer. Father, we just thank you and just give you praise for your teaching. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for help, helping us to be wise. We thank you for infusing in us the desire to look to you. We know it's important for us to make sure we have our act together, which means we need to be obedient to you first. We need to be listening to you. We need to be hearing you speak. We need to be just all throughout this time that we live in right now, every day and all day long, be prayerful and be thankful for your very presence in our lives. Lord, you know all about our comings and goings. You know all about where we are and what we're going to be doing. You know our future. You know where we're going to be. And we thank you that we do indeed trust you with all of those things 
We trust you with your wisdom being imparted to us. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to remember others and be mindful of them and being prayerful over them and not just praying but really looking in on them and being able to say, do you need something? Is there something I can do for you? And letting the Spirit speak and providing that very thing that they need. That's what the body of Christ is all about. That's what following Jesus is all about. Thank you for those reminders, Lord. Help us day by day as we live for you. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I welcome your comments um, in the timeline after we're done, uh, which will be now. And I also also, uh, welcome you to stay online after uh, Sunday school and look in the timeline for today's message. Pre-recorded. It's pre-recorded. So just turn on the turn it on and just let it play. Pre-recorded message. When a wise donkey speaks, you'd better listen. Uh, <laughs> when, of course, it's what is necessary to be wise. So um, we appreciate your being here. Remember your tithes and offerings as always. Continue to remember for Pastor Gus. And remember Vivian and Damon as we prayed earlier on too. Um, praise the Lord, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Um, We will circle back with you next time. Gus will be back next week with a message. Uh, In the meantime, uh, God bless you all. Have a wonderful Sunday. Enjoy your day. Stay in the Lord. And thank you. And we will see you next time. God bless you all.